Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Front Porch Political Talk Show with your host, Hatton Humphrey, bringing you thoughtful comments on the news of the day, as well as lessons from the past and insights into things to come. We offer our comments and invite you to add your own. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everyone. It is Sunday, June 7th, 2015. This is the Front Porch Political Talk Show. My name is Hatton Humphrey, and I thank everyone for listening in. Our show is produced through TalkShoe, which provides two ways to be a part of the call. You can dial in, area code 724-444-7444. TalkCast ID is 75570. Um, you can also join us in the web-based te- text chat at TalkShoe.com slash TC slash 75570. We also stream the recording sessions live into the uh, Republican Party Republicans on Second Life Cafe, uh, which is on Cheertopia. We thank both groups for their support. If you want to join us there, you can hear the stream, um, but I can't hear you. So use text chat to add comments there. Um, we can't uh, can't take any voice comments there. So uh, for those that haven't listened to us before, and we've got a couple of new faces in the uh, in the cafe. Thank you for joining us. Um, we like to start off with something fun, something interesting, something heartwarming or something different and, and they go along a theme um, for those that that want to know what we're talking about the website frontporchtalk.net has the show note there it's normally when we're recording it's the most recent uh, entry on the site and tonight's episode number 21 is the horror of things to come um, last week in episode number 20 we talked about um, results some see I told you so's um, to things that have been said in the past. And, uh, and tonight we're going to talk about some new things that, that could later predict, could, could later come true. Um, they're not uh, tinfoil hat conspiracies by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, they are disturbing or interesting trends. Tonight we have a horror story for our opening. Um, after the tragedy of the derailing with the train that was going uh, you know, twice the speed limit along a very dangerous curve. We have another train accident to report, and this one, while while was injured, it is injurious to uh, bacon lovers everywhere. An Amtrak train headed to Chicago from San Antonio on Friday slammed into a semi-trailer carrying seventy thousand pounds of bacon. I, I just, I, I just. We have to have a moment of silence. No, actually, we don't. Um, we need to have that frying sound uh, in in the background. Um, Je- Jesus wept. <laughs> Jesus. Even though he was Jewish, he wept. <laughs> there are, you know, none of the 200 injured or crew were injured. 
Hurwitz told told the station a passenger train next to him bumped up, bumped his head on the seat in front of him, and, and that he saw a woman taken to an ambulance. The driver on the semi trailer walked away from the crash. None of the cars of the train left the track as, the result, as a result of the accident. That's a good thing. I mean, that, that honestly is a good thing. But yes, this this does require one of those theatrical, dramatic. No. This bacon off of this. Char on Second Life had a longer no than you did. Of course, she's unfiltered tonight, so we may be in for a treat. This this Baconopolis was caused by lack of funding by the Republican Party, who's controlling Congress at this point. If are you are you sure there wasn't fifty fifty Republicans there with wheelbarrows carrying away the bacon? If the Republicans you know, have hey, been guys, funding, guys, guys, we are nowhere we are nowhere near budget season, which means that that. Neither Republicans nor Democrats have any reason to find any Portland. All right. Can I can I say one thing and, and kind of a self-effacement thing? Go you ahead. have you have all heard me rage endlessly about how stupid the commenters are on on the internet. That, that they're just nasty, ugly people, and they they ruin every article, and I get all upset about it. And everybody tells me I'm stupid for reading the the, the comments. I, I no, not, su- not stupid. Not stupid. You're you're just sadi- you're just a masochist. Well, that, either way, which is close to stupid. Uh, yeah. I suggest you read these comments. They they did a really good job. They're hilarious. I just wanted to kind of in 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 self redeeming to to point out that in this case the commenters were right on the button. And, the impact and, was so and, hard that the bacon flew thousands of miles, landing on several ISIS terrorist camps, causing thousands to blow themselves and their goats to smithereens. Yeah, that, that one, <laughs> for example. Uh, All right. Charlie, they may take our lives, but they will never take our bacon. <laughs> and Manesh, Manesh said that don't. Throw it away. Don't throw it away. Take it all. Drop it all over the ISIS hot spots. <laughs> That's great. And this is why we start with with articles like this because we have to have fun. Um, because some of these some of these articles are are downright disturbing. The next one, the next one really concerns me. Um, this you is think the Daily Mail. Got us upset. Wait till you hear about this. Yeah, the, the, if, you, if you think losing 70,000 pounds of bacon is to cause some people to um, start investing in, in pork futures, blood alcohol sensor that could make cars shut down if they sense drivers are over the legal drinking limit. Uh, this is being researched by the Driver Alcohol Detection System for Safety, or DADS, Maybe I should have saved this article for Father's Day. Oh, sorry. Oh, that was bad. Keep, keep going. Keep going. Keep it rolling. <laughs> um, breath-based and touch-based touch sensors could be employed in vehicles. Um, measure the amount of alcohol <clears throat> and either using tissue spectros- spectroscopy or a, a, a straight-out test um, that would literally render the ignition useless until it was cleared. I have a I have a picture in my mind. Mm-hmm. I I have this young married couple 
asleep at three in the morning and uh, the wife starts banging on the young man and says, it's time, it's time. They're four minutes apart. The young man jumps up, puts his underwear on backwards, puts his shoes on backwards, pulls his pants on, forgets his shirt, r- r- jumps in the car, realizes he's, he's forgot his wife, runs back in the house, gets his wife. They all get in the car. He, he forgets the keys. He runs back, and he finds his keys in the kitchen, and he looks at the bottle of booze there, and he slams down three shots to, to fortify him on his ri- ride to the hospital. He jumps back in the car, and it won't start. Yep. Larry, Larry, you're, yes, ma'am. you're forgetting there's an ambulance service that, that is, is supposed to be, I mean, we're supposed to have government services that help and protect us. That, have, that, have you, that are have, there have you looked that. at what it costs to get an ambulance to touch your driveway? Um, you could no, spend a grand on a freaking ambulance in New York State. Trust me. Okay. No, I mean, it's just a ripoff. Now, let okay. me, let, I have another question. Uh, there's a, there was something in the article re- referred to as the American Beverage Institute. And from the comments that, we, that you can read from the American Beverage Institute, they are obviously a pro-drinking union. Now, I want to know when we drinkers got a union of our own. I, I think that's pretty cool. I didn't even, I, I missed that piece. I suspect it's, it's probably an industry, uh, an industry group for the breweries. Possibly. Could, could be, could be. Now, the other wa- thing I want to observe is all of those companies that currently make radar detectors for cars to keep people from getting tickets, they are already working on hacks to fool the alcohol detectors in your car. That's the entrepreneurial spirit. For sure. Yay, America. Sure. <laughs> Needless yeah. to say, such things will be deemed illegal. Of course. Like of course they will. <laughs> you, you get to charge a lot more for them if they're illegal. <laughs> Charlize yeah. is off on something about New York City. She, no, she, found, said, she, she said flee. She uh, found flee in New flee. York City. <laughs> flee New York City. Get out of that insanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, get Kurt Russell to help you escape for, from New York City. That's it. That's a good movie. Which when one? we finally have the self-driving cars, will it? Will we have to do a breathalyzer test to see if we can drive anyway? Computers Ooh. don't drink. Even if there are yeah. self-driving cars, there still has to be someone in control. If and if computer, I'm drunk if, and inebriated, will the car start? Well, that's why we got to eliminate the need for a backup driver, because the backup driver is inherently unreliable because they can drink. So you Whatever take the steering wheel out entirely and, and you put the computer in a box, a vapor-proof box, so when the guy spills his highball all over the computer, it doesn't ruin it, and off we go. Can you imagine? Okay, I just, I just want to picture the, the, the society that would exist in that, given that circumstance of, you know, you can wake up in the morning, have your... Um, um, Oh, what's what is it? Uh, orange juice and champagne, mimosa. Mimosa. Have your mimosa. You know, have a have a light breakfast. Get in, stagger into the car. Read Bloody have Marys. Our, have your Bloody Mary on the drive-in. Do your presentation, half baked. Smoke your legal weed on your lunch break. Have a beer with your lunch, 
then go back and stagger through work for another two hours of your mandatory six hour per week six hour work day, then get back in the car, go back and I mean it's that would be that would be an insane an insane environment. But you can't smoke cigarettes. Charlize is predicting that we're all gonna wind up having to drink that fake alcohol like on Star Trek. But that's she doesn't understand. That's the whole point of driverless cars. So you wait, don't have wait. to do that. If you're wait, if you're if you're flying the Enterprise, yeah, fake alcohol. But if you're sitting in a car that's driving itself, carry on. Wait, Patton is wrong in the assumption that we're going to have jobs. See, what's going to end up happening is the state, which is going to is going to buy us cars that are self-driven, and when we're on our way to the diner because we don't want to cook breakfast, or when we're on our way to Walmart, um, McDonald's to use our EBT cards to purchase breakfast, we'll be able to partake in a mimosa or a Bloody Mary or a screwdriver, whichever our breakfast drink of choice would be. Then on the way back after consuming our breakfast, we'll be able to smoke some legal marijuana, stop at another McDonald's to get some more food because we've got the munchies, and then go back home and wait on our porch for our next installment of the government dole. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Our cars. Another, another yeah. wonderful yeah. image of the American and dream. Yet another image of the American dream. I, I, I don't know. I, I prefer that image to Mad Max and um, to uh, Blade Runner. Well, I don't know. I kind of like the Blade Runner image, but that's different. Speaking the of people in, speaking of people in Seattle had a different vision. Yeah, I was going to say. Speaking of speaking of government handouts and, and interesting programs, this almost ended up as the opening story before I found the bacon one, and, and that is our, our friends in Seattle. And, and, and Seattle, now, now was it Seattle? I believe where the cops were going to the hemp fest, handing out bags of Doritos with the police contact information in case you get too stoned. Um. They are now going to experiment with a free with free ping pong tables to see if having the game in its parks may help stop crime. A ping pong table was installed at the Hinghei Park in Chinatown four years ago. Since then, crime data from the Seattle Police Department suggests incidents in the area seem to be going down. Although there have been some ups and downs, there were 2009 crime. In, there were 2009 crime incidents in the area in 2009 and 16 in 2014. No one is willing to draw a direct connection between the ping pong table and the crime statistics, but the city has installed four other tables since then. Um, <clears throat> officials believe the positive community activity could be can, could be crowding out crime. So, so let me get this sad thing. Yeah. Sad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm suspecting uh, there there was a cut and paste error. It's just too much of a coincidence that there were 2009 criminal incidents in the year 2009. Yeah, and then that, 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 that dropped to 16. This is this is Fox News that's reporting. So, well, yeah, there you go. There you go. So, yeah, it probably wasn't 2009. But on the other hand, when I was a kid in in the thriving metropolis metropolis of Sheboygan, Wisconsin. All of the the city parks had free games. They had little box hockey things set all over. They had horseshoe uh, spikes set up all over. Every park had them. 
and it was a nice thing. You didn't have to bring anything. They had balls out there. They had basketballs, volleyballs, and it was all put out there by the city. And nobody thought it meant that socialism had arrived. It was just nice. So yeah, it, it, and you know, it's it's interesting. Um, I just don't think ping pong qualifies as ominous. No, I ping pong is not ominous um, unless you get forced gump nearby. Well, uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, Manesh said in in New York, and I'm assuming New York City. Um, that they have free taxi services at some events for drinkers. They, that they have that. I I live near uh, Buffalo. They have that in Buffalo where they have uh, courtesy taxis. Um, you know, and in other cases, you've got people like me who um, my brother-in-law had to go to a bachelor party last night. I took him, and then I went and picked him up. No problem about it. Enjoyed chatting with him. You know, everything was was good. Um, it just depends on on where you're at and how plastered you want to get. Um, I'm I'm assuming that Charlize is at home and on Second Life, and there are no laws against getting plastered in either place. <laughs> but she's pointing out that she's doing it anyways. So good yeah. for her. Well, Sweet like well, Char. But if, you know, I I do know that. I mean, if Ferguson and Baltimore had ping pong tables in the streets, we would not have the looting or the violence. Oh, I disagree. There, yeah, there, there's a real I, I, joke they, about they basketballs. Have, <laughs> actually, you know what? Actually, you know what? Given some of the mothers that I've that I've heard stories from in both Ferguson and Baltimore, um, if if they had ping pong set up free in public parks. You would have seen a lot of public paddlings, <laughs> which would have been nice. Which is uh, a whole lot better than the punches in the face we saw that one kid get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we uh, can go down the list. Urban pro- projects in every major city in this country. You have midnight basketball, free pools, free parks, all kind yeah. of things which are and used it, for nefarious purposes. You don't. Stop crime and stop violence by giving them something else, like a giving them a game to play. You change the situation. You change the neighborhood. You change the culture. And that's what these they, liberals don't understand. Well, and, and, and here's the thing. Um, on one part, you're right. You know, it's, it's, not the, it's not the stuff that changes people. It's... it's you know, one of the one of the interesting things that I heard about Baltimore, and this this was a an article that I heard that I said, you know, that there is possibly a correlation here, um, was that in Baltimore they used to have um, police, local police sponsored youth basketball programs, and one of the one of the recent police chiefs came in, had to cut budgets, and had a very hard nosed attitude and cut all of the police-sponsored youth basketball programs. Yeah, I, so, I, I've you, heard similar things, except what I've heard is it wasn't a police chief that made that cut. It was another guy. You may have heard of him. His last name's O'Malley. He's uh, sort of running for president now. Sort of okay. Sort of sums it, sums it up, I think. <laughs> you know, and, and, and Char says it in Second Life. Education is the key. Um, 
and, and really it's it's not <laughs> common core we're we're not going to talk about common core tonight um there's 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 past episodes on common core that uh that 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 state pretty plainly um various opinions on it but you know it's not necessarily the education in the school it's the my my opinion is is that it is in a lot of cases it is it, it is the interaction um you know when when i interact with law enforcement i have no issues um because i was not taught trained and brought up and given examples to distrust them um there are many urban areas where certain segments black white upper class lower class you know where certain groups don't trust the police because they were taught not to um you know maybe there's a reason for that maybe there's maybe it's it's a history maybe it's an attitude um but it's it is education um you know the uh <laughs> yeah it, it, it's and it's not um what's the best way that I'm going to say this it's not all about expenditure of money it's about expenditure of time um one of one of the complaints of the social leader of the of the civic leaders in in Baltimore isn't or is that they don't know anybody in their police department because the the people that used to interact directly with the with the community leaders have less than a two year turnaround turnover time because they get shot at so I don't know. Well, well, the, well, the ping pong tables. Did somebody mention families are better than ping pong tables? I, I will say that families are much better than ping pong tables. So, let's focus on that as well as uh, entertainment and education. You know, I agree. I completely agree. But here's the challenge: if you have been raised in a maleless society or in a society in which the male is not a good positive role model, how do you make the next how do you have the next generation have a good group of positive male role models? You know, you know. every immigrant wave has fought that same battle. Yes, uh, but every, every 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 immigrant wave did not have um the the systematic removal of importance of the male of their society. That's true. Not 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 but, removal but, but from society, the, the, the removal of importance. The males in the second generation of immigrants have tended to remove themselves. They went down to the local bar and got drunk as a skunk six nights a week because they were depressed about how crappy it had turned out moving to America. And then the third generation dug their way back out. That's what happened on every immigrant way we've experienced. We've talked about this. What we're what we're experiencing right now is a wave of, frankly, African Americans who were kind of stillborn immigrants, leaving slavery and immediately going into the Reconstruction era, era and all of that. And they right, really the didn't, get, generation, they, they they didn't get to become immigrants until the 1960 or later. But they had they had. The, the African-American population in the U.S. had functioning family units prior to the 1960s. True. Actually, and in the 1960s, it was when you had the conversion 
between the Democrats and the Republicans, where in the, when blacks started following the Democrat Party instead of the Republican Party. And in that time frame, you, all, you had the idea of the generational poor. And in the most cases, you have self-imposed generationally poor people now who are flocked to inner cities because that's where the municipalities put the Section 8 housing. They, they self-segregated – no, I'm sorry. They were segregated by municipalities because they didn't want to deal with them. And at this point, you have local governments, state governments, and even the federal government – who is just throwing money at the issue instead of finding a solution to the problem. When the real right. solution is education, promotion of the family, and promotional of, of Christian or religious values. So, and, and it doesn't have to be Christian. It doesn't have to be it, it, you know, moral values. You know, and I'll say that. It ha, you know, moral values. Now, um, a, a, and, sense, and, a sense and a faith in the existence of right and wrong. That's a moral value. Excuse me. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, um, what, what all this kind of started when uh, successful, but frankly, very oppressed black families relocated from the south to the north into basically ghettos. And, and it was the relocation itself, you know, honest people looking for a better life for themselves or a different place to live. They relocated mm-hmm. uh, up into the the, the uh, huge, dense population centers of the north, and there weren't any streets paved with gold. Nope. Nope. Speaking so of anyways, relocation, speaking. Oh, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. No. Oh, it was me. No, I think Toa wanted to jump in. No, I I didn't. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, uh, speaking of relocation. Um, yeah, apparently in New York City, uh, there is a group of individuals, and this is actually, I believe, a profession. Um, they aren't bill collectors or bounty hunters, um, but they show up unexpectedly, calling again and again, following their targets to work, and even approaching their relatives. Um, these are tenant relocation specialists. They are hired to help landlords buy residents out of rent-subsidized apartments that could become much more valuable if they leave. Uh, city lawmakers are proposing to make, to make relocators get special new licenses, amongst other proposals. New York, city, new York attorney Eric Schneiderman has investigated two men he identified as relocators in the two last years. One agreed in October to pay a $40,000 fine to, av- to avoid relocation work for a year. Landlords say accounts of some strong arming shouldn't tarnish everyone who works out what can be welcome, profitable deals for tenants. So these are people that go to people in subsidized housing and say, you know, if... Rent-controlled rent, rent housing, that's different. Rent-controlled housing. You know, if, if, if you're willing to move, we'll help you find a new place and, um, and we'll even pay to move you and, and pay your first month's rent and give you back your deposit. So the, then the guy says no. Right. Then what, then what happens? Um, they follow him onto the elevator. They approach him at his place of work. They contact his family, trying to talk him into moving. 
because they're going to get a huge kickback from the landlord by getting these people out of the rent-controlled apartment. And the landlord then can charge full rent, which may have doubled in the time that the rent control or, or contract. Or not even 10 times. Seriously, it goes way up. There, yeah. There's, a, there's a, a, a rule of thumb that's become very popular in an entirely different venue that I think should apply here. Some people will be familiar with the phrase, no means no. Mm-hmm. That's what should be applied here. If if one of these people says no to one of these charlatans and the guy comes back again and says no again and a third time no, when does no mean no? Well, that these people need to be held accountable for harassment in the same way that you know a suitor ignoring three no's in a row becomes accountable for something else. Mm-hmm. But remember, Ultimately, it's only stalking. Alternately, you could actually end this problem at its source and eliminate rent controls, which should never have been in place in the first place. Well, again, is and and that then speaks back to the conversation we were having previously. You know, the the government wanted the government found felt that it was obligated to provide affordable housing for people that had relocated or that had you know previous generations relocate and could not afford living in that area, but could also not afford to get out. Yeah, and, and, and that is none of the government. The government should not have gotten involved. What the government can do, figure out where it is, because I guarantee you it's the government that was ultimately the cause of it. Why is it that there isn't enough affordable housing? What barriers did the government put in place that rent is preventing control. that? Rent control. Yeah, well, yeah, rent control. That's, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. If but you can't even, raise the price, there's no sense building houses. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, like, you could or theoretically, like, uh, with the price land prices in New York, you could stick a a hundred story apartment building somewhere and make tiny little apartments and actually make them on a on a uh, assembly line. Yeah, basically, like you could make thousands and thousands of of simple units and charge a reasonable price for each of them and you get it in you get your your um your profit in volume except that doesn't happen well your biggest problem in new york city is you don't have that much more land to develop right and if, well, uh, yeah, well unless, unless you wanted to grow via landfill yeah we're looking we're also looking at this problem after however many decades rent controls have been in place yeah, and that's, well, that's, you, that's one of the other challenges. Where are you going to go once you leave your rent-controlled apartment? In the ghetto? Another rent-controlled apartment. The The whole concept of this is, hey, I'll find you another uh, another place that's also rent-controlled. But remember, I mean, this is a phenomenon that, that a lot of us don't – I personally had never heard of until um, – what was his name? I can't even remember the guy's name when we had the uh, seven clown debate plus – The rent is too damn high, guy. The, the, the guy who stood there, white gloves, black suit, really cool-ass facial hair. The rent is too damn high. Sounded like Mr. T. John, was it Johnson? I don't remember. I can't remember I don't either. Know, I, I remember liking that guy, except I don't – 
I don't know if he ever actually went into like what policies he would suggest. He didn't. <laughs> he had. He one, just he, he just wanted people to, he, he just he just wanted to 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 lower the rent because the rent was too damn high. And and no matter what question you asked him, no matter no matter what he was talking about, he figured out a way to bring it around to the cost of rent, and you know explain that if they lowered the rent, then everything would be better because the rent's too damn high. I love the guy. He was a walking yeah. punchline. One of the problems with relocating anyone in a rent control apartment, say you've been in that apartment for 30 years, or your family's been in the apartment for 30 years. Yeah. You grew up there. You know the neighborhood. A lot of New York City is small individual pockets of neighborhoods that you grow up in, where you shop in, that you don't know anything else. You don't know what's on the next street over in some cases. Yep. Yep. And if you're going to yep. move, you're going to relocate someone, you're going to relocate their entire life, not just where they live. Maybe we need a, a really successful neighborhood organizer. I don't know where we'd find one of those, but I have some thoughts. And, oh. and get him back from wherever he went and get him to start organizing groups that stand around and cheer, cheer, cheer for uh, those people who decide to not move. And then shout down any police objections to their their uh, protests and so forth, and just keep cheering for them. And maybe they'll stay. Well, and that's I think that's part of what Snyderman's trying to do. Who knows? You know, they'll they I'm sure attorneys will talk to attorneys, and they'll they'll manage to uh, to come to some. Well, the good uh, question is: would, would would the cheering be protected speech? Uh, well, I, I'm sure it, the ACLU would say so. Yeah, it, it it might be. You're you're making my segues for me tonight, aren't you? I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes um, we sometimes we're a little tardy. <laughs> yes, we are. Oh my goodness. Oh, <laughs> uh, for those for those that aren't 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 watching the article list, let's talk about the next one because obviously we need to. We, we need to move out of where we're at and, and move on to um, the superintendent who won't say if he'll drop cheering charges. In Jackson, Mississippi, uh, the, the Mississippi school superintendent who, who pressed charges against people for cheering at a high school graduation says he plans to be in court Tuesday and make his statement then, but won't say if he'll drop the charges. Senatobia School Superintendent Jay Foster reiterated in a telephone interview Friday that his aim is to ensure that, for, that some families don't ruin graduations for others by raising a ruckus. He said that when he first started Senatobia four years ago, out-of-control cheering meant some families couldn't hear graduates' names called or see them cross the stage to receive the diploma. Now, I've, I, I have been to... A couple of high school graduations. I have been to my, you know, I've had my own college graduation. I've had uh, when I taught at ITT, I actually enjoyed going to the graduations of the students. Um, it's he's saying it's a solemn occasion. He said I think it should have some dignity and decorum, and at the end we'll celebrate together. Um, that's one take on it. You know, this is this is this is kind of a um, it's not legislated morality; it's legislated boring. Um, 
because quite honestly, if you've sat through a quiet graduation, you realize at some point in time that you have to wake up. <laughs> it's the honest truth. Um, so for for this situation, we've got a, a superintendent who has decided, you know what, I've had enough of this fun. There will be no laughing. Reminds me of Sam the Eagle. Oh, come on now. You're being hard on the guy. It, it, uh, this this no, guy no. is on a complete power trip. I hope the judge... Seriously, the judge should like put contempt charges on this guy for wasting the court's time. I, I agree. This is. I mean, this is. This is. I have not been to a quiet graduation, and I've been to a few. The best ones, to be honest with you, were the ones from ITT, because these guys, they, they're in a lot of. In some cases, there were people, there were students that were either second career students or were students that never had an opportunity to go to school somewhere else. Now, we can argue about the cost and price of private college somewhere else, but um, but these are the first students to get any kind of degree in their family. And they've got their mom, their aunt, their sister, their brother, their wife, their son, their daughter, in many cases multiple iterations of some of those, um, getting to see... And, and not necessarily in a straight line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, getting to can, see. Can I say that I agree with both of you guys? But then I want to make kind of a a comment. Sure. Go ahead. There's a much there's a much broader question here that's we couldn't answer. I think successfully if we had a two hour show just dedicated to this. Mm-hmm. The question is, and you when I say it, you're going to understand. The question is. How disruptive does speech need to be to no longer be protected? Uh, I, I agree that at a, at a graduation ceremony, disruption is kind of standard procedure. And I've right. been to a whole bunch of graduations, and there's always a nut squad somewhere that goes too far, and I don't think they needed to be escorted out, but they're part of the wallpaper too. And they just can't... Contain their exuberance over Johnny finally graduating or whatever. But the bigger question is: Does is everything protected speech? We we've answered that question. Not everything is protected speech. There is times when it wrong, huh? I think we've answered it wrong. But well, no, we didn't. Holmes said you can't holler fire in a movie theater. That's not wrong. That's correct. That's. Uh, and, I would actually disagree with that on a few things. It's not it's not the shouting, and actually there are several instances in which you could shout fire in a crowded theater. Uh, number one, of course, being that there is a fire. That's not what he but said. It's, well, but it's it's important to remember that it's not a content based restriction. It's it's a more of a, a circumstance, but a situation based restriction. Yeah. My example was going to be the Westboro Baptist Church. You know, they they won a couple of court cases. Uh, Somebody sued them probably stupidly, and they they finally won at the Supreme Court. But states all over the country have successfully put uh, legislation in place that says, if you guys are going to do this, what you're doing is protected speech. But you're not going to get to do it in a way that disrupts the ceremony. So you got to get in some states it's 150 feet away, some states it's 300 feet away from the funeral. Mm-hmm. So we have found a uh, a reasonable compromise here. 
not all speech is protected, and some speech, if it's disruptive enough, can be, I guess, isolated or controlled. We need right. to understand that that's the way it is in this country. And I don't think it should be applied haphazardly to a bunch of people cheering at a graduation. No. But no, the point and, is, and I agree. I don't think. Now, looking at this particular article, this is not the only article that I've seen on the matter, and I think this one might be leaving out some pertinent details, um, including that one of the one of the other quotes from the guy who who's pressing these charges is essentially, "Well, they have to know that there's consequences to their actions." To my, to my view of it, there were consequences. This is another thing that, that I don't see in this article. They were ejected from the ceremony. Those are the consequences, and that is a that perfectly... Was, that, was, that was in the article, but I... Yeah, yeah. Okay, but, but the point is, those were the consequences. They were ejected from the, the event, and that should have been where it ended. Should have been sufficient. I agree. Okay, I've got a question and, with the... Can the students who are crossing over and getting to the Palmers actually read what's on the diplomas. And if That's they can't... That's the point. No, well, no, no it's not no. the side Joseph, of the point, because a graduation Joseph. should be a celebration of finishing school. You achieve something. I have personally been through two graduations, my high school and my college graduation. Both of them, I had a party afterwards. And in the auditorium or on the football field, there was a party atmosphere. Because we were partying, because we were finished a set curriculum yeah and and there are graduation parties as well I, you know the the point here is not oh you know let, let them have a party afterwards let them celebrate afterwards these are cheers and you know whatevers and in, he's you know the superintendent is i think not separating is not separating out the different aspects of the actual graduation ceremony I, I think Boa characterized him correctly. He's on a power trip. I mean, you have the you have the procession, you have the speech by the valedictorian, sometimes the salutatorian, some, and and in most cases you have a special uh, a speech by a special guest, and then you have the reading of the names. If he doesn't want his faculty to pause while certain families congratulate their children as the children or family members as they are crossing the stage then buy a watch and as soon as as soon as the special events over slip out the back and go bite his knuckles until the names are done being read you know that that literally that's my that's that's my opinion on it because there is the solemnity of the procession and honestly there's a solemnity in the in the in the exit as well but the reading of the names you know if the person reading the name has to wait until all the cat calls die down to read the next name so be it that's what that's what every graduation that i attended had happen so well this is what should be done by the public if they don't like the actions of the superintendent they petition petition their school board member to remove that said superintendent if that doesn't work, you vote out the, the school board member. It's the way democracy works, and school boards and it's not a school. It's not a school board member. This was a no, superintendent. No, but the this school board control who is this superintendent? Oh, who? Well, it depends on the school district, but okay. 
Yeah, New York's a little weird. Hey, it not, depends on who. It's not the school board doesn't necessarily have the power to fire or hire the superintendent. There's something called the Board of Regents in New York. So, never mind. You, you well, Louisiana and Mississippi do have that power. Good I know for them. I that they do. So good for them. So take the son of a out and shoot him. Such a good idea. <laughs> You're my glass of scotch first, though. Let's talk about the Border Patrol helicopter being fired yeah. on. I can get I can get really graphic on that one. Yeah, let's 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 talk about this one for a minute. Um, in Laredo, Texas, a U.S. Border Patrol helicopter was forced to make an emergency landing in Texas after it was fired upon. The incident happened about 5 p.m. Friday while the aircraft was patrolling the Rio Grande near the far northwest corner of the border city of Laredo. Excuse me. Webb County Sheriff Martin Cuellar, <laughs> and I appreciate that uh, the Daily Mail put in the right pronunciation, tells the Laredo Morning Times that out of the five shots believed to have been fired at the helicopter, two are confirmed to have hit the target. No one was injured. The helicopter landed safely. And there's no word whether it came from the Mexican side of the river or the U.S. side or maybe in the middle. I, the last one added by me. Clever. This uh, one... Let's not water it down here. No, let's... <laughs> Somebody throw the man a life preserver, please. <laughs> okay, um, here's a quick solution. You put a mini gun gunner with an open hatch, and if you had fired upon, you rained down holy hell upon them. End of your problem. Well, again, this is this is the southern border. We we have a political issue surrounding the southern border. Yeah, we all Mexico. Well, we want something for Mexico. Yeah, we want their cheap oil. The whole thing is about oil. We have negotiated with the Mexican government to get the cheap oil. In return, we get to keep their we get to take their people. That's what it's all about. It's all about cheap oil. Yeah, Charlie said uh, uh, nothing. There's nothing going on on our border. Move along. Move along. Don't look here. Yeah, those are just illegal fireworks. The point is, I've, there was I've a time in this country when, when, when police were threatened, they could use their, they could le- use lethal force to protect themselves. Right. That is no longer true, and it hasn't been true for moving up on six years now. And I agree with Joseph here. I mean, if I'm in a helicopter and people are shooting at me, and they probably, because these guys have graduated to 50 calibers now, they're all using Barrett's, uh, and, and they're shooting back at them with their uh, handguns, they suck. Uh, and, and they need to have the tools, the military-style tools, Al Sharpton, uh, that are necessary to protect themselves. Well, it, 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 it bears keeping in mind that when bullets cross borders, that's a serious issue. You've got it. And we should be able to shoot back across the freaking border. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, we we do it in the DMZ in Korea. Why not? In Laredo, Texas. Well, we're we're not the ones deciding to shoot in the DMZ in South Korea. That's South Korea deciding to shoot in the DMZ. This is not South Korea. This is the U.S. Are you saying we shouldn't shoot back? I am saying we should examine why we might be being shot at. Well, an, an update on Breitbart says that the shots came from Mexico. Um, I'm waiting on the page to load here. Um, 
The shooting occurred in an area known as Laboto Ranch, a subdivision of Laredo, Texas, a source who operates under the umbrella of CPB, CBP told Breitbart, Texas, that the narcotics trafficking event was well-coordinated operation with individuals participating on both sides of the U.S.-Mexico border. The shooting came from the Mexican side, and all individuals fled and got away. The individuals on the U.S. side also got away into the state of Texas. Um, another source close to the matter told Breitbart, Texas, that at least five shots were fired. The sources claimed that two shots hit the cabin and one hit the engine. Another source told um, Breitbart, Texas, that two shots. Uh, anyway, um, they came. They came close to killing those guys. The, yes. One of the shots hit hit the rotors. That's a bad mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And he was able to wrestle it down and land without anybody getting killed. Right. So everybody says, "Whew! Nothing happened here. Let's move along. Move along." As Charlie said. They should have yeah. rained hell on those people, and the hell with the the border. If somebody yeah. fires on you across the border, that's an act of war, as I think it's Abraham in in, in Second Life said. It was an act of war, and 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 well, I mean we, an, we don't defend it, defend ourselves anywhere, even at our own damn borders. Can we trace the gun back to Fast and Furious? Oh, geez. if you could find the gun, probably. I don't think there are any 50 cals in Fast and, Fast and Furious. They're too expensive. Only drug lords can afford them. Well, that's who, that, this is who this was. This is drug lords. You know, if you drop a nice, a nice juicy Moab on the area, what Mexico's going to do? Try to invade us? You'll get the Mexican army in, in, in less than three or four days. Hell, we could, we could be in Mexico City within a week. We could clean up the whole problem with our, within a month. Of course, we would add a new state called Mexico. Let me, a guy my age remembers when people said the same thing about Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and war is not and, easy. We, there, war is never easy. War is never over when you think it's going to be over. So I, no, I, I got to look. I mean, and, and two, I will say this to your point, Larry, there is, there is a reason why I have not said with the rise of ISIS and with and, you know, the Taliban starting to act up again and with other organizations, you know, in the Middle East, I haven't said, see, Obama, we told you so. I haven't said that because war is never easy. War is never clean, especially not a war of attrition where you're dealing with embedded, you know, embedded combatants and a, a military force uh, that you're trying to be allies with that um, – they're they're like the old white-tailed deer. You you, you fire a shot, and all of a sudden, they're, you, all you see is their tails. You know that that's that's true, and I and I'm glad you're mentioning that. Uh, all of these these Aryan rights guys, who uh, I, mean, I remember when, during the Cuban crisis, some moron from Mississippi said that all he needed to do was put a bunch of the Mississippi National Guard. Uh, on a flatbed truck and get him down to Cuba and we'd fix that in a week. Well, he was a damn idiot. Uh, the, the war sucks. War is a terrible thing. War is a rotten choice. It's just not the worst choice that sometimes faces us. The problem in, for example, right now, we, our rules of engagement prevent us. And this has been ongoing since Vietnam. Our rules engage us from conducting war in an effective manner. Mm-hmm. You, when you conduct war in an effective manner, there is collateral damage. If you avoid yeah. collateral damage, you also limit the number of enemy that you kill. 
and that's how they get away with it. Yeah, and so that we we have done this to ourselves. Yeah, and I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, and as as far as you know, what you said, Joseph, about you know being able to be in Mexico City in three weeks, I actually think I remember. Um, wasn't it Teddy Roosevelt that that was leading the Rough Riders? <sighs> anyway, uh, in in Mexico, still its own country. So you know, there we go. Um, can, I, can I point out one more thing? Real quick, because we got to say aloha fast. All right. The, the, our military is willing to take on the terrible task of war. Mm-hmm. They really are depressed when we tie both hands behind their back and say, go for it, boys. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the, we have very brave troops. Women are clamoring to stand with the men and shoot and die. And yeah. we have we have the neighborhood organizer and his companions uh, following in a long list of people who don't want to do war. They want to do make believe and look like we won. Right. I'm right. done. Um, and and you know, we're going to try real quick because uh, I just want to point this out. Speaking of the community organizer, um, it's it's time for his home state to say aloha to his program. Um, Cube uh, the Queen soundtrack, according to HotAir.com, another one bites the dust. Hawaii is throwing in the towel and shutting down its state Obamacare exchange. $200 million in federal taxpayer cash has essentially disappeared down a rat hole, and customers will instead be directed to the federal system. Uh, the once highly praised Hawaii Health, Care, Hawaii Health Connector has been unable to generate sufficient revenues to, su- to sustain operations. And, and honestly, I'm not surprised. Honestly, I'm not surprised. So um, I'm surprised they had the courage to admit it. Good for them. Yeah. Well, and and, and here's why. 2016 is when all federal support for state-run exchanges ends. The state-run exchanges have to be self-sufficient without government aid or subsidy by January 1, 2016. So... Um, to all those that that said, you know, that this wasn't planned to go to a single payer system uh, at a federal level, and I was one of them, and I was, I didn't, I, I didn't think that the, that that particular tinfoil hat went that far. Uh, I'm beginning to change my tune on that because as all of these state exchanges shut down and everybody moves to the federal exchange, the fed the, the feds are going to realize very quickly that the um, that there's not enough revenue, and oh, we'll just have to go to a single payer system. And with that, I've got a. Sh- I, I, we're out of time. Um, thanks to everybody that joined us. Uh, we we've had a lot of fun. The, the comments have been it's been fun interaction. Um, if you liked what you heard, we ask you to blog about us. Tell five of your friends. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Um, visit the website at frontporchtalk.net. If you want to listen to us live throughout the week, you can either download the MP3 um, from your favorite uh, podcast player, or you can listen to us live on redstatetalkradio.com, stitcher.com, or again on the website uh, on demand there. Um, If you didn't like what you heard, we're still going to invite you to join us next week because you will hear different words in a different order. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Have a wonderful night. Good night, Chuck. Oh, wait. Do we still have Chuck? Yeah, he's, call, he's calling from his driveway. Yeah, oh. still here. Oh, I thought he—I I thought he got fired or laid off or whatever. But uh, he was demoted, but he's still around. Okay, good. Good night, Chuck. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.